Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our Behind the Surface podcast. I'm Nancy Bush, and today we're discussing a topic of the utmost importance of our in our industry, silica. Silica has emerged as one of the most concerning safety issues in recent years, demanding our undivided attention and prompt action. Uh, we are so dedicated to ongoing studies and taking proactive measures to tackle the health implications associated with silicosis. And here to join me to provide valuable insights into the crucial work that they're doing, I am honored to be joined by two distinguished individuals from the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, otherwise known as NIOSH, Reed Harvey and Allison Fortner. NIOSH has been working at the forefront of research and initiatives aimed at safeguarding the well-being of workers across various industry. And Reed, tell me a little bit more about yourself. I um, am, am Reed Harvey. Thank you so much, um, Nancy, for having us here today. Glad to glad to join you. And um, I, I'm a veterinarian by training and was trained in foodborne diseases um, through CDC's Epidemic Intelligence Service Program, or, or EIS, in Atlanta, Georgia, before I joined NIOSH here in Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, so again, a, a veterinarian by training, um, and but focused on public health. Yeah. Hi. Yes. Thank you for having us today. Um, Lieutenant Commander Allison Fortner. I'm an environmental health officer with the U.S. Public Health Service and working as an industrial hygienist with NIOSH's Respiratory Health Division Field Studies Branch in Morgantown, West Virginia. And I have been with um, NIOSH at our Morgantown location since 2014. Thank you, Allison. So tell me a little bit more about the NIOSH and its relation to the CDC. Yes, I, I will we'll jump into that, Nancy. So this is Reed. And um, so the Occupational Safety and Health Act of 1970 established NIOSH as a research agency focused on the study of worker safety and health and, and also empowering employers and workers to create safety, safe and healthy workplaces. So NIOSH, like we said, is, is part of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, which is with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So at, at NIOSH, we have the mandate to assure every person in the nation safe and healthful working conditions and to preserve our human resources. So NIOSH has more than 1,300 employees from a diverse set of fields that includes epidemiology, industrial hygiene, as well as many other fields like medicine, psychology, chemistry, economics, and then many brands, uh, branches of engineering. Well, first off, I'd like to thank you both for your service. Um, it's super important. Most of our listeners are keenly aware of OSHA, right? And so I'm curious, how is NIOSH different than say OSHA, other government agencies like OSHA? Yeah, great question. NIOSH is not part of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, so not part of OSHA. 
And NIOSH does not enforce workplace health and safety laws. So NIOSH is a research and recommendation-based federal public health agency. And NIOSH's mission is to develop new knowledge in the field of occupational safety and health and to then transfer that knowledge into practice. Perfect. So different missions for sure. Expand a little bit on your current work that involves surface material fabrication. Yes, glad to. So we are in the second year of a four-year funded project focused on better understanding the countertop industry. So what we want to do is connect with fabricators and those in the countertop industry to better understand potential risks for silica exposure and determine the best practices for reducing those exposures and ultimately protecting the workers. What goals does NIOSH have for timing or related programs to that research? Yeah, so there are quite a few steps we must go through before we can begin working directly with fabricators at their shops and working, um, you know, we're working through those now as quickly as possible because we're eager to get into the field um, and begin our work directly with fabricators. The first aspect of our study that's already in progress is gathering contact information for as many fabrication shops as possible, um, which is no easy feat. And we have come across you know, estimates from about 9,000 to 15,000 shops um, in the United States. And our goal of gathering the contact information with as many shops as possible um, is to begin distributing safety informational materials. Um, so a summary of what we already know about silica exposures and how to reduce them, as well as conduct an online survey to find out more about industry work processes, and practices to better understand, you know, the range of those processes and practices um, that fabricators have in, in their shops and to help us determine, you know, what are best practices and share that information um, directly back with industry, which is the ultimate goal of our, of our study. What is it exactly that you do and how do you get the information? Obviously, Allison talks about a survey but there's probably some other ways that you that you discover information, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. So, you know, the I get the kind of broad broad view is is epidemiology is is the study of incidence distribution and and control of diseases. So, um I think particularly now given given the COVID-19 pandemic, it's it's a much more familiar term than it used to be for for better or for worse, but um often infectious diseases come to mind with, with the out distribution of diseases. So influenza, another one, COVID-19, um, but, but epidemiology extends well beyond infectious diseases. And so I'm an epidemiologist for NIOSH's Respiratory Health Division. So my focus is preventing work-related lung disease. So, and, and in this case, the lung disease we're, we're worried about is silicosis. And so you know what? How we're going to, to gather information in our study? Um, you know, several fold. But um, the the survey that Allison just mentioned again will will capture information regarding silica exposure, prevention measures, and and health screenings. And so we we want that to be representative of the industry because then we're going to be able to better understand what those best practices are. Um, and then kind of a separate smaller but vital component of our study is the field component. And so that 
that is where we're going to collaborate directly with several shops um, of, of different sizes with different products used um, to conduct both industrial hygiene and medical surveys. And so um, I'll speak to, to the medical surveys and then turn it over to Allison. Um, so as an epidemiologist, my, my strength is the medical or health side. And so what, what those surveys are going to include is questionnaires about respiratory symptoms, lung function testing like spirometry that, that many workers have probably done already, and then chest imaging. And so um, that, that will be on a kind of focused subset of, of shops. Um, and so with that, I will turn it over to Allison's area of expertise, um, the industrial hygiene surveys. Yeah, thanks, Reed. So industrial hygiene is the study of protecting the health and safety of workers and um, you know, again, as an industrial hygienist for NIOSH's respiratory health division, controlling respiratory hazards in the workplace is um, our, our main objective. And the industrial hygiene and epidemiologic components of the project are very complementary, as Reed was just describing. And what makes what we do unique is combining those to assess exposure, which is the industrial hygiene side of things, and health, which is the epidemiology side of things. And to assess exposure, we can do things like measure respirable crystalline silica um, in air samples, which we will plan to do as part of that field survey um, Reed was mentioning with willing fabrication shops. And um, at the same time, we can assess preventive measures or different types of controls that are in place, such as ventilation, or um, various cleaning methods or types of respiratory protection that, that might be present, um, which work in very different ways to mitigate worker exposure to respirable crystalline silica. Um, and with that, we'll hope to better understand you know, what preventative measures can help reduce exposure to crystalline silica, um, which of course protects workers' health and share that with industry in different formats um, as we get towards the conclusion of our project. How are tests developed and standards, how, how are standards formed? Like, is there, there's gotta be some kind of process, but it seems like there's a lot. Where do you even begin, I guess, would be my question. Yes, no, and and it's a it's a, a loaded question, but an important one, and and you know not nothing that that I'm uh, an expert in as far as standard development, but will I, I think it's still important of the context of of what we're trying to do and and how it relates, and so I'll uh, again try and tackle it from you know very high high level, um, you know, and, and research is is layered, so lots of layers, and you know our our project what what we want to do is contribute directly to workers' health, you know, through our findings, uh, but beyond that also to the, the general body of knowledge, so scientific knowledge of, of respirable crystalline silica, and particularly how it pertains to manufactured services fabrication, which we do know is an emerging public health issue. So OSHA, of course, they regulate, and so they regulate respirable crystalline silica, uh, and they they updated their silica standard in 2016, which we, we will include questions about that in our survey. Um, and so the tests or methods that they use to sample and measure respirable crystalline silica that we will also use in, in our survey, those those are proven methods. And so, um, you know, just uh, for other workplace respiratory hazards, that that might not be the case. So if there's novel exposures 
we won't necessarily have a, a known method or standard to compare, but but silica is not new. It's so it's different. It's it's an exposure we've known about uh, for a long time. You know, but the, the difference here is the setting being manufactured surfaces fabrication is somewhat recent. And so, you know, what what we're undertaking is is largely an endeavor how to reduce this ancient exposure in a relatively new workplace setting and and homing in on the best practices. Uh, to do so, and then sharing those widely, you know, with with the the workers um, on the ground that are are doing this. So that is kind of uh, again a, a very kind of high level, but but how how our our study fits into to that process. So I mean, basically, other industries have been dealing with this issue for longer, like mining and masonry. So you're kind of using some of those tried and true methods and standards from those other places and applying them. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, U.S. workers are, you know, exposed to respirable crystalline silica in many industries, such as, you know, you just mentioned construction, mining, oil and gas extraction, foundries and manufacturing. And, um, you know, we've, we've learned through that research, you know, silica dust becomes airborne during work activities such as cutting, drilling, grinding, chipping, or sanding materials that contain crystalline silica. Um, and these materials could be sand, concrete, brick, stone, block mortar, um, or manufactured surfaces. And breathing in these very small silica particles can cause silicosis, um, which we touched on earlier, is an irreversible but preventable lung disease, along with other serious diseases such as lung cancer or kidney damage. So we're kind of taking that um, knowledge that we have from um, other types of respirable crystalline silica research and applying that to, you know, the surface fabrication industry and um, trying to understand the details of, you know, the work practices and, and processes within that industry and how we can apply what we know and uh, merge that with what's, what's new, as Reed mentioned, um, with surface fabrication. Thanks, Allison. Will NIOSH get involved in creating the compliance standards uh, specifically for silica, or is that, you know, another agency like OSHA or, or other? Yeah, NIOSH is generally characterized as a non-regulatory agency. Guidance and recommendations issued by NIOSH are often used by other agencies responsible for developing and enforcing workplace safety and health regulations. Um, NIOSH is responsible for some regulations. These regulations mostly outline procedures or requirements for specific health and safety related matters, or they are set forth rules for NIOSH to follow in administrating programs assigned to the Institute. Um, and an example of that would be we have a health hazard evaluation program, which provides free assistance and information on workplace exposures um, and worker and worker health. Your website suggests that young worker safety and health is something uh, NIOSH has searched, researched. Yes, um, we do. And I say we, the, the royal we, meaning NIOSH, um, not, it's not part of, of what we're doing, but it, it's definitely an important issue and, and overlap and so um, worth, worth discussing. And so we, there is a, a NIOSH construction program. Um, so it's it's focused on preventing work-related illness, injury, disability, and death in, in the industry. And so 
They have a web page that we can share with you with many resources that are tailored to meet construction needs that includes suicide prevention, opioid overdose prevention resources. So really important resources there. Um, and, and also the, the construction program does conduct research and works with different partners in preventing health risks that may be less visible, but equally as important to the safety, health, and well-being of the workforce. Um, what can ISPA do to help our members provide a safe working environment for your fabricators? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so, you know, as we've been talking about, we continue to develop, develop knowledge and resources, you know, for the countertop surface fabrication industry. And at this time, you know, education and training for employers and workers on health hazards, workplace exposures, um, measures that have been implemented to protect workers and their roles in protection can, you know, help workers uh, help mitigate exposure to crystalline silica, you know, in fabrication shops. And additionally, exposures to crystalline silica can be minimized through effective engineering controls, such as working in well-ventilated areas, assessing employee, you know, worker exposures to crystalline silica, to assure they are not above occupational exposure limits, um, providing and ensuring proper use of respirators if exposures cannot be reduced below the um, occupational exposure limits, and providing initial and periodical um, medical exams to exposed workers. So last but not least, in your opinion, I mean, obviously silica is right up there but what are besides silica the three to five major health concerns that you see this uh it's a it's a great question and and kind of also brings back you know that that um you know to for a whole approach to the industry um you know not have blinders on to to one problem but but you know look at look at it more universally and so you know i think allison and i are are both learning about the industry and you know we'll continue to learn a great deal more in the next few years and so um you know it it, it is important to realize and this highlights that you know the the focus of our research is just one piece of the puzzle regarding worker safety and health. Um, so we're we're not we're not in the position to tell the industry, you know, these are the major health concerns. We want to listen, and so we know. Um, again, you know, obviously we we have our area of focus, but but we know mental health, for example, um, that that's a concern. It's not unique to this industry. You know, it, it's in all industries, and so something, um, you know, that that cannot. Um, be ignored. And, and again, like we mentioned with the, the construction program, there are NIOSH re researchers doing just that, um, you know, and so, um, you know, again, our, our, the scope of what we're doing is largely focused on respiratory health, because it's what we know and what we do best. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not, we recognize it's not in a silo, and it's important, um, you know, to, to approach, to approach it um, that way. And so, you know, on on that note, we do know that silicosis is uh, on the radar and it is a health concern for the industry. And so, um, you know, that's that's why we help hope to help learn um, more about it and find the most kind of efficient, practical ways to protect workers from these exposures that could ultimately lead to silicosis. So, I, I mean, I think we're 
we're all in agreement there, you know, want, want to prevent silicosis. And, you know, I think we're, we're dedicated, again, to, to finding kind of the practical best ways to do that um, and, and share that information, you know, back with the industry. So we, we, we do hope that we're uniquely positioned to do that. And that's our ultimate goal. You can learn more about these on the NIOSH Crystalline Silica webpage. Um, and we'll we'll put that into the description of this um, podcast because that's super helpful. You can also learn from the OSHA website as well. Allison and Reed, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, you know, here at ISPA, we are really passionate about this subject, and we're going to continue to seek partnerships and ways to improve our safety for our fabricators. One of those partnerships uh, this year, our annual conference, uh, October 16th through 19th in sunny St. Martin. Uh, we will have Rich Hubner from BSI, British Standards Institute, who is the lead for safety practices in the Eastern US. He will be uh, discussing old dogs and new tricks, driving a successful change in a safety culture you know, just again, bringing that full circle of safety and the silicosis uh, conversation together uh, for the health and safety of our fabricators. Thanks again for joining me, both of you, and we'll see you soon. Great. Thank you so much. Really, really enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening. To hear more in-depth viewpoints, gain actionable insights and powerful tools to help you succeed, Subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.